The views and opinions expressed in the presentation materials and films, and by the guests and moderators, are those of the individuals providing them, and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Morehouse College or Morehouse College Board of Directors. My name is Jen Sapp, and I am the event and content manager for the Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival, and this is the Drum Majors for Justice Film Group. Thank you for all to all of you guys for joining us today as we are going to discuss the film RBG. Was, this film was released in May of 2018 and directed by Julie Cohen and Betsy West. RBG is an intimate portrait of an unlikely rock star, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. With unprecedented access and filmmakers explore her early legal battles that changed the world for women. In celebration of Women's History Month, the Drum Majors for Justice Film Group wanted to choose a film that celebrated a pioneer for women's rights and a larger than life figure, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I wanted to take a moment to welcome all of you guys who are joining us today in conversation and give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Um, as you introduce yourself, I would like each of you to give, um, I'd like to give you each a space to highlight a woman in history or in your community that has influenced you in your journey. So um, will my colleague, Kara, start us off? Okay, thank you, Jen. My name is Kara Walker and I'm the executive director for the Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival. And one of the women that had had a huge, that has had a huge impact in my life or in my journey has been my grandmother who's no longer with us. She's been gone now about 28 years, but I'm always, I always look to her story for courage and for, and, and to be motivated uh, to move forward as a woman. She was married very early in her life and she ended up, she, she had 13 children by the time she was 50. Um, but her marriage ended suddenly and she had to start over. She was a homemaker, but she had to, she was living in North Carolina. She had never worked out of the outside of the home, but she moved uh, herself and her three children, her four children who were at home to New York, Brooklyn, New York. And she started uh, a training program at Merrill Lynch and she ended up working there until her retirement. So. I always get courage from the fact that you're you're never too. I, I look at her life to think you're never too old to start over, and you know you can have <laughs> you can be a mother, you can be a wife, you can be a career woman if that's what you want to do. It, it's up to you. So, she's she's my person. Thank you for that, Kara. Hi, I'm Tamia Smith, and I'm the current intern for the Human Rights Film Festival. Um, I'm gonna kind of share the same sentiment, uh, but with my mother, she's the one who's kind of, not kind of, completely guided me in my life. And um, as I've gotten older and came into adulthood, I realized that it pays to listen to your mother. You know, like as you get older, you realize that a lot of the things that she talks about is kind of like, uh, you want to go your own way, you want to do your own thing. And then after the fact, you're like, dang, I should have listened. So now I like literally have her in my head, even if she's not with me, like physically, I can hear her, you know, nagging me. <laughs> but like, she's helped me incredibly, like, through my entire life, obviously, you know, growing up and becoming the woman that I am today, but through personal things as well, just leading me and telling me to always stay strong and to always stay 
in the space that I believe is for me and work hard and influence all the others around me and just love myself, really to love myself first. And yeah, it's my mommy. <laughs> my name is Anna Capone and I'm joining from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, there's so many inspiring women to, to choose from. I think, you know, there are a lot of uh, matriarchal uh, women in my family that I could look to, someone who um, recently I feel super inspired by is Greta Thunberg from Sweden. Uh, um, I think she's 18 now, but uh, such a powerhouse of an activist and she was like eight or nine um, for the climate crisis. So I think it's, it's just so inspiring to see people who are younger and who are um, just this powerhouse and forcing people to look at these challenges that we're having and um, making us see that a change needs to be made. So, and then I'll share mine. I think that, you know, today is a pretty important day. We had um, a bill signed last night in the state of Georgia, and it is um, a very interesting time to be it's kind of what everybody on social media is calling Jim Crow point 2.0. Um, so I wanna give hats off to Stacey Abrams, who is a powerhouse in the community in Atlanta, specifically in Georgia and in America and voting rights are being challenged every day. And she's there to push them forward and make sure that people are protected and that they still have the you know, option to vote. So Stacey is my, Stacey is my queen at the moment. So um, I just want to talk about how, just a, a quick recap on who Ruth Bader Ginsburg was and who what she accomplished. But in 2020, the world lost lifetime advocate for LGBTQ plus rights, women's rights, and equality for all. A brief highlight on some of her major accomplishes, accomplishments prior to and while she was Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, her groundbreaking advocacy focused on convincing courts to view the use of gender stereotypes to make decisions as sex discrimination. She worked on these cases with the American Civil Liberties Union and leading its women's rights projects from the group's founding in 1972 until she joined the federal bench in 1980. Um, and I also want to highlight five laws that she championed for women and gender equality. Um, one of those is employers cannot discriminate against employees based on gender or reproductive choices. The second one is state-founded schools must admit women. Amen. Um, three is women have the right to financial independence and equal benefits. Four, men are entitled to the same care and social security rights as women. And five, juries must include women. So, um, I also wanna have just a side note that I'm really grateful that this conversation is all women um, to discuss these amazing things that she accomplished. So just bringing it back to the film, I wanna ask all of you, how did this film make you feel? I'll go. Um, I loved watching it. She was just so adorable to me. <laughs> like I just smiled the entire time because, you know, I like, when she was here, you know, uh, we kind of go through our lives and we know that we know that she's there. We feel the effects of, you know, everything that she's done. But sometimes, you know, like in life and especially someone that you're not personally connected to, you kind of forget um, 
their day-to-days and everything like that. So watching that and, you know, hearing the testimonies from her family and people who are close to her, it kind of gave you that perspective. And like, I just, she's just so adorable. And like, I miss her from watching the movie. I was just like, that was such a powerhouse. And I, I really admire women like that. So I really love watching the film. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I don't think that I am overly knowledgeable at all about um, her life. I think, but as a woman watching the film, there were different points throughout where I just felt a wave of emotion was like tearing up a bit at a couple of times. Um, but even just uh, felt like pride for her, you know, in the opening um, credits, you hear people talking about her in a negative fashion. And even hearing that, I, I don't know, I just felt some sort of pride. Like if, if a man is speaking about you in this sort of way, you did something to deserve it in a good way, in my opinion. So um, I would say I just felt, you know, pride for her. I felt proud of women in general and um, yeah, optimistic, thankful for her. Mm -hmm. I um, was so surprised at, because I'm not overly familiar with her life as well. And I was so surprised by the fact that, she, that she's such an unassuming um, powerhouse. Like she was such an unassuming powerhouse. And I, as a woman, I felt so proud to be a woman I was like, oh yes, I'm a part of that tribe. And you know, she, she left me with, the film left me with an overwhelming sense of pride to be, you know, of being a woman and just, you know, knowing that you don't have to be um, this uh, extroverted type of figure to make a, a difference in the world. I'd like to echo that of just saying that you know, one of the biggest things for me is that I'm not, I'm not a person who's going to march. I commend people who have that ability. Um, I, I liked, I'd like to plan a march in my lifetime, but I don't think that I would actually be more a part of it. But I think that she did what she knew that she needed to do. And she had the skills and she had knowledge of the legal system. And she used that to her power and what she accomplished in her lifetime is, I mean, there's women in this world that, you know, have what they do behind the scenes, but hers was so in the forefront and I'm forever grateful for that. But I also want to say something that she talked about her mother in such a, a beautiful light and her mother always used to say, be a lady and be independent. And I really appreciate that she said that because I, I feel like as generationally, my family has also kind of always said that. And so I was very like sort of connected in that moment with her. Um, and then one more thing is that I loved her husband. He stepped back and I just, I look at my partnership with my partner and I just appreciate that so much that he said, you're going to be way more successful than I ever could be. Let me step back and let me push you to where you need to be. And I, I love that way of thinking. So I, this this movie gave me all the feels. Um, I was very proud to be a woman. I was proud to be um, just 
an ally. And I just, wow, I'm really grateful that this was this month's film that we got to watch together. Um, so then the next question that I have is, did this film accurately depict women's issues, specifically minority women who are still facing it when it comes to gender and racial discrimination? I'll, I'll go first. I think that the, the film did. It was, of course, it was a documentary, but I think that they accurately depicted um, women's issues and you know, I, what I was looking at when I saw the earlier court before there were any women on the court, I was like, isn't it strange that you even had a black man um, in Thurgood Marshall make the, the highest court in the land, you know, get appointed to the highest court in the land before even a white woman? That to me was so like, oh, we're really second class. <laughs> like we're like, not only did, you know, it not only was a woman not nominated before, um, oh, I can't think of her name, the first Supreme Justice. Um, Sandra Day Sandra Day, Day O'Connor. But a black man even made it to the, the highest court. And even if you look at the presidency, you've had a black, um, man become president before even a white woman has become president. So as a double minority, <laughs> I was like, oh man, like we have a long way to go um, because, you know, this country isn't two years old. Um, we've been around for a while and for us to have made so many strides, we still have such a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Do you see any um, similarities in where we've got, like, maybe it's not similarities. Do you see any um, hope that we do have a female vice president? You mean president? I'm sorry. You mean president? Did you say president or female? Yeah. Do you see? Do you see the hope that we could? Oh, did I say vice president? President yeah. is what I, I was like. Luckily, yeah, we, we do have that <laughs> check. We did that. Um, then finally, do you see any hope that we could? Just adding on to the original question, um, do we see any hope that we could have a female president? I definitely believe so, and I feel like we will be able to see it in our lifetime. I definitely believe so. Um, it's going to be a challenge because even to get Kamala where she is now as vice president took, as we see so long, the role of president. You know, I know um, Hillary being uh, one of the candidates at that point to have someone get that close. I definitely feel like we'll see it in our lifetime. So I have a lot of hope. I feel like things will turn around for the better, hopefully, if we get a woman there because, you know, just logically thinking and things like that. But <laughs> I, I'm pretty excited because I, I believe that we'll see one. Great. Anna, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking about your, your last question about um, hope for a female president. And I feel, I feel optimistic that yes, it will happen in our lifetime, but I'm just feeling kind of pessim pessimistic about, um, all of the speculation and all the scrutiny that that person is going to have to endure that no male president has had. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I feel 
I feel a heaviness or a weightiness around that. Um, just wondering how that is going to affect um, the trajectory and uh, yeah. I think that we are going to have a, a female president, well, well, at least within my lifetime, um, mm -hmm. that it's going to take someone like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg to do it. She's not going to be, we're not going to, this country is not going to elect um, a woman who is uh, very extroverted or outgoing or you know what people might consider as loud or that she's gonna have to kind of slide under the radar um so to speak um because you know even if you look at um rbg's life she she was able to make friends across the line even if they didn't necessarily agree with her mm -hmm because she's not going to, she wasn't the type of woman that was going to raise her voice or she was going to put pen to paper. And when she put, when she wrote, when she got it down, it was simple and it was, and it made sense and it was logical whether you agree with her or not. Um, so mm -hmm. I think it's gonna take someone like her. And I don't know if there's anyone in politics because um, in, in politics right now that is, is like that, I know that, you know, with uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris uh, being in office, of course, the, nat the natural progression if President Biden chooses not to run again in four years would be that she would probably run. She was running this time. But, you know, would she get elected? I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, again, and she's a minority. She's a she's a woman and she's. Um, she's not a white woman. I don't know if she would even stand a chance, especially with some of the voter suppression that's mm -hmm. taking place across the country. So it, it just depends on how we as a collective uh, society choose to, to, to fight. Um, did I... Uh... Did anyone have any other comments on like issues that you see that women, minority women are still facing today? I think it kind of uh, plays to kind of what Kara said earlier with, um, for instance, being like a double minority, how we had Thurgood Marshall in there and he's a black man, but then it's like, for instance, me as a black woman, you have being black and being a woman. So it's it's really hard to kind of deal with those type of um, issues. And I feel like the film overall, if we're talking in terms of the film, I feel like it, they didn't really touch too much on it. There were moments um, that it was brought about, but I think that was off the strength of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, how she was as a leader. How she was the person who highlighted hey, we need help for women, but then we also need help for minority women, especially because, you know, you have those two challenges of being a minority and being a woman. So I feel like um, the film could have highlighted that a little bit more. I um, think they could have included more about, you know, her participation in, you know, getting these advances for minority women. Thank you for that. Um, so I, the next question is, did this film inspire you to learn about a certain subject or a significant figure in history? 
um, I'll start it off and I, you know, you're watching the film and I have notes and notes and notes of things that I want to, you know, take a deep dive, but a deep dive in. But I think one of them is Gloria Steinem. I think I've heard that, you know, I've heard of her and I heard, you know, there's films about her and I just, I feel like I haven't paid enough attention to her accomplishments. So, you know, immediately following this, I think over the weekend, I am going to watch, there's a film on that's on streaming services that's called The Glorias that highlights um, her and her accomplishments. But I, I think that that's, you know, I think that's the beauty of film and the beauty of storytelling is for you go from one, you know, historical figure who is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then you say, oh, I do wanna learn about Gloria Steinem. And then Gloria Steinem, I'm sure will lead me to learn about someone else. So I think that, um, so that's my, that's my historical figure that I can't wait to learn a little bit more about. I, I want to, and I think I mentioned this to you earlier, Jen, is that I'm gonna go and watch on the basis of sex now, which is of course the fictionalized account of um, RBG's life. So I am. I want to take a deep, di deeper dive into her life. I also, it also encouraged me to. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to law school <laughs> because I can write. I, I can write some dissenting, you know, letters. I can write some dissenting arguments." And um, so at first, and then I said, well, no, well, maybe I should start by studying the 14th Amendment a little closer. So that's that, those are the two things that I want to do. Uh, I was talking to a, a group of people yesterday about um, just different, the different waves of feminism. Um, and it just reminded me, oh yeah, I learned about that a while ago, but I really should know more about it. And um, I don't know, I think we're in the fourth wave of feminism now. Um, and I don't, I know what's going on, but like in the feminism like area, I don't think I really know what's going on. So yeah, like Jen said, I'd like to learn more about um, feminists that have a big part in where we are today, even Gloria Steinem, who um, was featured on the documentary, she um, spoke a couple of times, so. Uh, I think it's just a good reminder to um, see what's going on around us and uh, how we can be part of what's what's currently going on. Thank you. Yeah, I share the same sentiments. Um, specifically, Gloria Steinem. I I've heard of her name beforehand, and the film kind of made me think like you should go like look her up. And then like I looked her up, and I love her picture. She just gives me like. She gives me vibes, so I love her. <laughs> so I really wanted to, you know, learn more about her. So she definitely was someone who was next on the list. Thank you so much for that. And I think one person who I forgot to mention is Polly Murray. Polly Murray was an American activist at the same time that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. And they worked together. She was an American civil rights activist who became a lawyer and a women's rights activist. Um, and then in her later life, as if she didn't accomplish enough, um, she became a priest and then she became an author. So I have a lot of catching up to do as a female. So I wanted to switch gears and talk about how Ruth Bader Ginsburg was kind of a modern day superhero. So of her many accomplishments in the public eye, I wanna talk about what you saw and how she was in her home life. and. Did you, are you 
connected to her in that way or do you look at her as like a motherly figure, um, I guess. Um, so just even any comments around that. I definitely uh, agree. Kind of what I said earlier, similar to that notion that the film let me see that side of her. You know, we see her as the, you know, modern day superhero and we see the great things that she does as um, a Supreme Court Supreme Court justice. But this was the first time I was able to see, you know, the, the stories from her children and her friends and the people who knew her personally. And it, it put reason to how she is as a person. I think the funniest thing was her watching the SNL skit and they asked, it's like, is this like you? She's like, not at all. <laughs> but, but she could laugh at it and, and enjoy it and just know that, you know, she's really appreciated and how she's very usually quiet. I think her husband said something about, um, she's not the she's not the cooker she's not the cooker in the house she's the thinker so I think that was really funny and it just it was really personable where you you kind of got to see like another side of her I I agree I was so impressed with the fact that she was so many other things besides a supreme court justice and she was she was a loving wife she was a loving daughter she was a loving mother and even towards the end of the documentary, you see that she was even a grandmother, a loving grandmother. And you saw her um, at a table with her, her granddaughter going through letters, I think from her 50th um, anniversary. And I was like, they, people are always saying to women, well, you can't do it. You can either be a good, you can be, you can have a career but if you have a career and you're, you expect to go far in your career, then you can't have a family. Um, your family's gonna, you can't get, you can't be married, you can't have children. And even in the workplace, there's some discrimination towards women because women are seen to, oh, well, what if she gets married or she gets married and she has kids, then maybe her trajectory changes um, because then they think, well, her focus is there. And I love the fact that this woman, this little small, unassuming petite woman became a Supreme Court justice having been a wife and a mother. Um, and, a, and a mother early on, Very, I think she was a mother during law school. So while she and her husband, and at one point she had a sick husband that she had to take care of and a baby. And so she was burning the midnight oil. And I said, why do they tell us that we can't do everything? Because clearly we can. Um, and so I was, that, that part of the, the documentary was very inspirational. And I said, you know what, we can do it all. We can, we can have it all. We, you know, let's not, let's not fall for that anymore. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think it gives me a little bit of hope. I think I sometimes fall into that trap of, you know, someday my partner and I have a family. Like, what am, what am I going to do? Or like, it's too late in my life to go back to school. And, you know, watching this movie, I need to stop telling myself those things because I can and I can and I can if I want to. Um, so yeah, I think it's so inspiring. And to know that she's such, she was such a dynamic person. She was all of those things and um, had such a strong interest in opera. I just think that's so awesome. You know, we can be all of those things and more. Um, so I just really appreciated the um, the way that uh, they just showed her as a complete person. She wasn't just a 
um, a mom. She wasn't just a Supreme Court justice. She was a human being with likes and quirks and all of the things. I want to like kind of talk about her love for the opera because I did not know this about her and the joy I think it was I think this was like the most touching moment for me she's at the opera and she is just a normal person and she's sitting there watching it with such joy and it reminded me so much of I feel like in 2020 I forgot what live theater was and I I can't wait for to get back to having live events and live theater but I think the relationship that she developed with Antonin Scalia. I had to look up his name. Um, and he was a very, you know, she was, he was a very conservative justice member and they put all of their work beside them and they went because they both enjoyed opera. And I think that that kind of gave me a, a, a nice reminder that just because someone doesn't look like you or has all the same views that you have, that doesn't mean that you can't form a long lasting relationship with that person and that you can't learn from another person. I'm sure she learned from him and he learned from her. And I think that that's the beauty of where we are in this country is that we all are created equal and that we all should have these conversations about history. And I'm grateful for the women who are surround, who are around me, who are teaching me about specifically black women's history that I know little to nothing about and I'm just I think that this movie film made me very grateful for where I am and um yes I have much more learned to learn but just grateful for just a lot of things so um just last thoughts on the film was there something that stuck out to you in the film that you want to highlight that wasn't yet covered in this conversation I, I am like itching to say this, like I'm like <laughs> bouncing in my seat to say this, um, something that we haven't discussed and that is the, how she became the notorious RBG. I thought that was ingenious and I love how that, that all came together. And the fact that she embraced the title and even when she was asked about being compared to, you know, Biggie, um, the, you know, the original no Notorious B.I.G., that she was like, well, I think we have a lot in common. She <laughs> was like, we're both born and bred in Brooklyn. And I was like, yes, yes, I'm so glad that she said that. Um, not just because I was born in Brooklyn, but <laughs> because she was able to draw, you know, see some, she was able to draw some uh, make a connection with um, a, a rapper, a, you know, a young black rapper and say, you know, she was okay with being compared with him. So I, I love that part of the documentary and I love that part of her life. You know, I'm definitely biased because she's from New York. It makes me so happy. I'm like, duh. <laughs> I also wanted to note um, actually what we had said uh, earlier, just kind of how she she was very quiet and very like introvert, but at the same time, there was like a spice to her. And I just love that about her too. Um, I had spoke about the situation that was, that happened around Donald Trump 
and how she was kind of criticized for her statements on that and how she still was able to apologize for the things that she said. But um, I just felt like she had a good evaluation of character. And I think that that just shows who she was overall as a person as well. It's just another thing that we can look at and be like, you know, she made this mistake in the terms of her position and her role. And she can admit that, you know, she's made an error, but at the same time, uh, be honest and be open about, you know, how she feels. Because I don't, I feel like, you know, her being in that position for so long, I just personally don't think that um, she made a mistake. You know, I feel like, I feel like they should be able to express themselves. And that's how I felt like she did, but I completely understand. And I, I admire her for having the, the, the capacity to apologize and to, I feel like to genuinely mean it because of the role that she plays and she played as a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, and, and bouncing off of that, you know, having watched um, at least part of the confirmation of Amy uh, Coney Barrett, um, and just the difference between her confirmation hearing and RBG's confirmation hearing, um, because I felt like Amy Coney Barrett just kind of like tiptoed around some of her political beliefs and like kind of didn't really answer questions straight on, but RBG was like very unapologetic about her beliefs, especially as it relates to abortion rights. Um, so I just, I wonder if that's just a difference of the times that we are in, or I don't know why maybe necessarily that is, but I just thought that was so interesting, um, just how unapologetic she was. Maybe that's the norm. I don't know, but. I, I well, wanted to add, well, I want, oh, I'm sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, no, that's I, I just wanted to add that um, one thing I, one thing that was reinforced with me in watching the documentary was the fact that she had a mighty pen. Like she, it, it's very important to be able to express yourself in writing. I think, you know, as a country, we've gotten away from um, writing dissenting um, opinions because we're so afraid that we're going to be attacked by, you know, one group or another. And, you know, she was very firm in her beliefs. And I, like Anna, I appreciated that during her confirmation hearings, she stated explicitly what she believed and she didn't waver from that. And so, but she all, but once she was confirmed, the, what was important was the fact that she was able to write those dissenting arguments. And even when, you know, she, she realized at a certain point when the, the Supreme Court became more conservative that she had to become more liberal like in order to balance the scales. And so for a period of time, it was like she was writing dissenting argument after dissenting argument. And I love the fact when they, when in the documentary, when some of the language from her, um, from the arguments from the dissents were read, she, um, the language was so simple. A fourth grader could understand it. <laughs> like. Like, why don't you get this? Uh, so I could really appreciate, I said, you know, we, we really have to encourage uh, writing more, writing our congressmen more, 
um, and you know, actually putting our our opinions in writing, writing op eds, uh, even if they don't get published, we have to we have to do the hard work. It nothing gets done if you can talk about it all day long, but if you don't put it in writing, then you really have nothing. I think one thing that you said was how simple that she put things. There's one quote that I wrote down was, you can't exclude women just because they're women. And I think saying it just like that was very important for the all male Supreme Court justice to go, oh, now I see what you mean. So I think that, you know, I'm also is like, she says, we the people, we the people looks different than what it looked like in 19, uh, sorry, in 1786. We the people looks different and we the people will always look different. So it's that learning and growing and accepting of the times and how they change and what our country could look like and how we can grow and learn from our mistakes. And so, yes, grateful, very grateful for you, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, and how, how, crazy is it that the opening, her opening quote, the opening quote that she used from Sarah Grimke, uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name, how relevant that is today. Um, I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. That, I don't know, she could have, they could have closed the documentary with that and it would have been just as impactful because it's, you know, I think she passed, this documentary was probably made before the George Floyd incident last year. I'm not sure when they shot this, but they didn't mention, I don't think George Floyd was mentioned in the documentary at all, what was going on with him. This is a 2018 documentary. Okay, so that is, is just, you know, it's like, okay, we're, but it's still drawing that parallel between women's rights and civil, civil rights. Mm -hmm. And um, the fight for both is, is very much um, the same, you know. And it's important to continue that fight. And I think that, you know, last month was Black History Month and this month is Women's History Month. The rest of the year, we have the opportunity to join together with those who, you know, want to make sure that we all have the same rights. And I think that it's important to remember that that's our fight and how we choose to do it can either be leading from a courtroom, can be leading from a conversation just like this, can be leading from the front row of a march. So I think that it's important to stay knowledgeable, stay educated, and um, keep pushing the fight forward because if we don't do it, then who's going to do it? So um, if anybody, does anybody ever have anything else that they would like to add to this conversation? Well, then I want to thank you all for joining us together for this insightful conversation, and we look forward to next month's discussion on the film United States versus Billie Holiday. The Drum Majors for Justice Film Group is brought to you by the Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival. For more information and to learn about upcoming events, please visit morehousehumanrightsfilmfestival.com.